there in music video land. Welcome to another uh, slightly delayed episode of uh, Music Video Land, the IMVDB uh, podcast. That's imvdb.com, the internet music video database. My name is Adam. I am a co-founder of the internet music video database. And with me, as usual, from sunny, beautiful Los Angeles, California, is Mr. Doug Klinger. Doug, how are you? Doing super good, Adam. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Go okay, good. It, go no, well, uh, this is actually the first time you and I are speaking since the last podcast you've been on. We've been on a non-speaking terms this whole time. but We haven't been talking to each other. Mending and, you know, maybe fences. we'll get into that in a little bit in the podcast. I think yeah. the last one we recorded was in uh, January of 2018. Um, and, you know, there's it's important when two people are a fussing and a feuding like we are um, to have somebody to kind of like bring us together, be a mediator of sorts. Um, and to do that today for this episode, which, by the way, we're talking about the last decade in music videos, we brought in a producer slash director of many of those, some of the best music videos of the last decade, uh, Mr. Jason Baum. Jason, how are you doing? Oh, stop. You're flattering me already. <laughs> we're only two minutes in. Jason, you thought that we were going to coming in here just to talk about music videos generally, this is really like more of a this is your life situation. We've got oh, wow, but yeah, welcome Jason. Thanks for joining us for I would what I would term Doug. Would you term it a special edition of the yeah, oh, yeah podcast? Oh, no, definitely. It's a gold. It's a golden edition. It's once a decade. What, right. what, what anniversary is that? I don't know. Yeah, well, every ten years we do a golden edition podcast, and that's what that's we're doing right. right now. This is 2019, the end of a decade. We're recording this in like kind of like early middle December 2019, um, and I actually I don't know I kind of forgot that the decade was ending um, until I started seeing people doing these best of lists for the end of the year, and then realized that yeah it is a, a year ending in nine. We're rolling over to 2020 next year. Yeah, doesn't um, it feel like it should be the opposite? Like the decade really should end in 2020, not in <laughs> yeah, 2019. Yeah, I know. Like it's kind of like a mind twister. Yeah. I've been I've been thinking about doing this list for like 18 months now, and 18 months ago I thought it was such a novel idea, like I had come up with something that nobody else <laughs> had thought of, uh, and then I was like, okay, so like in November I'll start to think about it, and then and then in like October all these lists started coming out, and I'm like, oh right, everybody's gonna do this, but ours is the most important, particularly in in music videos. I think that I, you know I've been really proud of our friends and our peers and people who make music videos for being listed on other best decade uh music video lists but like if we can be honest like nobody's watched more music videos than like the three of us in combination and so this is the definitive music video list the the music video list that you will see on our website and we haven't figured out what <laughs> what the web address for that list is going to be yet but well, we, uh, we have yeah it's gonna oh, be, yeah. i thought it was going to be the, slash the 2010s so, <laughs> okay THG. right that's what it is Right. Two yeah, we don't zero have one zero. Like, what you call it? We don't have the odds. Yeah, what no, is, that's what, what it is. imbdb.com slash the 2010s. That's where you'll visit to see the list. And this is the definitive list. Like, good job, IndieWire, for making a list. Good job, Billboard, for making a list. Like, congratulations for being part of the conversation. But it's the conversation that we are the most important and loudest voices in the room for, which is why we did this podcast, to really put us, our stamp on that. And I think that one thing we could do is is talk a little bit about like what 
has happened over the last decade, you know, in general music videos, but also with imvdb.com. Because, Doug, you and I started this pretty much at the beginning of the decade, I think like 2000, 2010, I think, right? So yeah, we, I think so. <laughs> IMVDB, I mean, it, it hasn't always had that name. I think it was filmed and inserted until 2012 or 2000, early, two, early 2013, um, yeah. which we were... Man, we were just harangued by almost everybody we talked to for having that as their name. I didn't um, remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, like we got pretty like people were like, "That's the dumbest name I've ever heard." And uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, IMVDB is ten years old, so that's that's pretty r- remarkable. We really didn't get into the weeds until 2013, probably or probably late 2012. But uh, yeah, um, do you do you remember what you were doing like early 2010s? Like let's let's get into like your your kind of headspace, you know, a decade ago when 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 you were just starting to, you know, well, we were starting to watch websites. too many music videos. Yeah, yeah. Me, you, and I were like making websites. We were just like throwing websites against the wall. Like we had a DIY filmmaking website for a while, and we're doing a podcast with that. And then you kind of like started this on your own, but like it felt like we were trying to figure websites out <laughs> I don't know how else you say that like you i was working in the, like a shitty marketing firm in boca um and you were developing websites you know as, as on your own and we were like let's do this for our own website instead of for other people i feel like and that's what we like it was just like a couple like eric wareheim directed music videos and you know if you look at even my like the the de- the decade list that we're putting out, it's not a very like 2010 heavy list. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels like music videos really ramped up around the same time that we were starting to pay attention to them through IMVDB. And so I don't know, Jason, what's your point? Of, like, were you working in music videos in 2010? I was working in music videos, music videos in 2010. I started in 2008, I would say. Um, but it, re- it really wasn't ramping up for me until about 2010. That's when I started to take less production managing gigs and start to produce more. Um, so yeah, 2010 was really kind of the uphill start of music videos. But can we talk about 2012? This was like one of the big things I wanted to talk about because like if you, if you look at my sort of extended 2012 list, like, what was it about 2012 that was just killing it? Like, I don't know if you if you're familiar with this idea. There's this book out that uh, calls 1999 the best film year ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And I feel like 2012 <laughs> was like the best year for music videos, and I just can't figure out why. It's a it's a time on the internet, and I don't think it like really exists anymore. Where like crazy ideas in music videos, and like unexpectedness, and like just the video itself being the kind of like marketing point to try to like there was like just a lot more battle for music video viewership and i don't think it was as a developed audience online for music videos the way it is now and the competition was more towards like things that would go viral because they were like sometimes it if it was like crazy or wacky or unexpected or like you could put into a headline that like would get a lot of spread on a bunch of blogs, like social media wasn't really driving music videos the way it does now. I think that it was just, that was what you were, how you competed for eyeballs in that era. And it's like, now it's slowly, the more like 
clear it is to tap into an audience, the less you need to like do something unique to tap into it. And that's why, like, I think that in 2019, there's less and less unique videos being made because that's not where the currency is in videos anymore. But in 2012, it, it was, and it was like, you can do crazy shit and you could be nobody. And that video would be recognized and looked at and could, you could, could find an audience for it. I mean, it doesn't, uh, I mean, I'd be curious on a stat level, how many music videos came out in 2012 versus 2019, for example, but it just like seems number like number of videos, like yeah, just raw numbers, raw numbers. I'm curious. Um, we'll follow it with a footnote on that one, yeah. but, um, 2012 just seems like there's so many being made. And like, if you look at my top 20 list, um, a majority is from 2012, but majority is from 2015 or earlier. Like I was struggling to come up with the rest of the list because I made this mantra that I was going to pick at least one video from every year. Mm-hmm. And it's like 2016, 2017, 18 and 19. I only could pick one. Like <laughs> I was struggling to pick more than one, but also I had my other caveats that was making my list hard. But anyways, and just, just to kind of like, uh, if anyone is listening to this before they've looked at the website, there's an IMVDB list, which is a hundred music videos. But then Jason, as it has been the history of IMVDB uh, every year, Jason, you've given your best music videos of the year list. And since, you know, we don't want to, you know, we want to give the community a chance to pick which videos were their favorite. And you've always kind of represented that for us. And so there's I more, like there's, a Jason, list is more important, there's, saying, a, <laughs> there's a Jason list, uh, that, that is there, but also like Jason, you and I have been kind of like talking about videos for a while. And so I feel like you also informed the larger list as well. And I feel like all the videos on your list are also on ours. So, um, so just when Jason says like, I'm my a newspaper list, rec- that's uh, what records. Well, I was going to say, I, I, you know, your point on 2012, Jason, I think is is pretty spot on because I think anybody anybody who has spent most of the last decade sort of you know watching music videos and and you know thinking about the decade as a group should go back to uh, the Beyonce single ladies video and check that out not because of the style of it or you know any of the content but just the actual like quality of it. Because um, that music video came out in 2008, which you know, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't seem like that long ago. But you know, in 2008, you know, YouTube was only you know a few years old. It was only three or four years old. Um, you know, the quality is not great. There was no HD, obviously. I don't even think there was a stereo sound at that point. I think that was like late 2008. Um, Vivo did not exist yet. Vivo, which you know is kind of inescapable in the music video world created in 2009 basically as a way to sell higher priced ads on like premium content so you know by 2012 which is only four years away you have you know a huge change in the quality of videos that you get um you know more people are on broadband even in that you know short span of time you know i think there's just it's just one of those magic years where everything hit all of a sudden we had like a, a a massive platform of you know high quality video music videos were the perfect kind of uh medium to slot in there and and really you know i'm looking at the music video releases in 2012 list and there's some large ones jason is gungam style on your list of the top 20 music videos of the decade it's not i mean it's worth a shout out for <laughs> being the billion video yeah, yeah. like for right. yeah, right. but you know at the end of the day i don't really 
I never think about that video ever again. <laughs> at, at the recording right. of the pod, of this podcast, it's not currently on our list, but there are four slots available. And it sounds like mm. Adam, you may be ad- advocating for it. And so I'm not advocating for it from from any sort of content perspective, but it's it's kind of hard, I think, to have a conversation at least about the impact of like the early 2000s and not talk about that video at least. Um, but there are a lot of you know, I mean, I have not seen your list, Jason. I'm excited to see it because that year is uh looms large i think in everybody's music video experience you know i only started doing the top 10 list starting in 2014 so i actually also went back and did a top 10 for 2010 2011 12 and 13 i'm sort of looking at that list and i mean there was a lot of good things in 2011 and people that you know have you know risen outside of music videos whether it's you know being amazing commercial directors or being feature directors, TV directors. Um, it definitely felt like 2011 had a little bit of momentum. And I mean, thinking back to that time, that was like, that's when the area Alexa came out and, you know, really kind of brought the red into having a competition and brought some prices down and brought such a higher level of production value to these music videos that, you know, up to that point, so many of the music videos I was making were on like, the HVX with like the lettuce adapter, um, even that was sort of the start of the 5G and things like that. So I think there was like a tech- technological revolution happening at that time that, you know, allowed a lot of these videos to sort of come into place. But, you know, I, I think the creativity that was going on at that time was, you know, really what was, you know, uh, for the real OG music video fans that used to watch or keep up with uh, music videos on Antville, um, <laughs> you know, it was sort of the rise of Vimeo as a community and people talking about, you know, music videos and commenting and directors connecting with each other. So I think a lot of that was, you know, part of this community that was building. Doug, how about you? What were some of the things that you like saw early in the decade that you really liked? Well, it was I actually think the first one that really made the biggest impact was it's slightly outside of the decade, 2009, I believe is when it came out, was the Major Laser Pound the Floor music video, which was mm-hmm. directed by Eric Wareheim. Like I feel like I remember specifically Adam like showing you that video um, in my computer in my house. Like you and I had both <clears throat> graduated college. And moved back to South Florida um, for a bit, and my bit was longer than your bit. But um, uh, I remember like you coming over to my house, and I'm showing you that video, and I remember like <laughs> turning the lights off so that you could watch it. I don't, I don't know why I remember that detail so so much. And I just like I wanted you to like get the best possible experience of the video, and I'm like, oh, I should shut the lights off so he could like really like. And that video is ridiculous. Like it's like a lot of butts and like a lot of like hardcore dancing uh but i think that was the first you know i was a, I, in college i was a big like tim and eric fan and i think it was that the bridge of eric wareheim kind of extending out into music videos kind of like re-sparking my interest in the platform and i think it was and then i think after that like okay go this too shall pass as like whack as it is to have an okay go video i think that they still have a like a big influence on this decade of music videos and their like ability to make a viral video in unique and interesting ways. Like I think like, like made it more palatable to do that kind of thing also. And that like Rube Goldberg machine music video that then we like 
talked about, I think, on like the second or, or third podcast episode ever. I think it just like those two things really like showed me what a music video on the Internet could potentially look like in two different directions. Yeah. So, so those are two that kind of stand out when looking when looking back at the like really early um, first part of the decade. I remember that video. I remember sitting in my very small apartment in Boston talking to, I can't remember the guy's names, it's Sin Labs, um, talking about that Rube Goldberg machine. And I just thought it was cool that you could, like, actually. I remember early on when we started doing the podcast, it was kind of crazy how many people <laughs> would talk to us, even though we were just <laughs> literally two weirdos. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, man. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and people were so accessible because, you know, they were, um, you know, these were pretty relatively small productions at the time. The one that I, I kind of did it for me was the, um, in a really early 2012 was the MIA bad girls video, um, directed by wow. Romain Gavras, which came out, uh, February 2nd, 2012. So right at the beginning of that year and just remember being blown away by that video. And that was, that was kind of a watershed moment for me. I think it's a, a the kind of like other end of that. Cause that video is like, you know, it shows that, with like a large budget and you know and resources and an amazing idea that you can really like make a a video that that stands the test of time but around that same time you you also like have great examples of stuff where it just feels like a bunch of like people with the like gear that they keep in their trunk like making these iconic videos as well and i think like a really important uh video of that um time is also the peso video by asap rocky um, directed by Abteen and, and produced by Chris Black, the late, great Chris Black, who is a frequent co-host of this podcast. Um, I think that that Chris and Abteen and Isaac Bauman just kind of like going to New York and like finding this artist on, on the Internet and, you know, with with Isaac's personal 5D kit just like going out and, and shooting that video, like, and, and making a video that, I mean, I've, there's been multiple best of the decade lists. And, and that one is one that's that video is one that's popped up on several lists. And I think it also like, is there, there's the kind of a, just a, a mentality of certain filmmakers of this era to go out and like, just find artists. And it was still very novel to like find an artist on the internet and do a music video for them and have like, it be discovered online and then you gain recognition from that. All of that stuff still felt like new. Now, like I was talking to David Hellman about this, like now that's like an expected thing for a director to encounter. Like you, you get popping, you do a dope video and then you suddenly get like 20,000 Instagram followers off the back of it because that's just how the internet works now. But like at the time in late 2011, like, that all felt like they were making the rules up for that stuff. And so I think it's like the accessibility of certain gear that puts you on a visual level with other people. You can really like make a name for yourself along with an artist. It, it felt like you were using the internet in ways that it had never been used before as well. I mean, it's very much like the Daniels and Jackson Hunt and their first couple of videos before it became the Daniels and Larkin. Um, I also think back to the Alt-J Breezeblocks video that Ellis did I mean, to think that that came out of just a competition. Like, yeah. it was... Like, Radar music video. Yeah. Who like, we also did a podcast about. Yeah. Like, right. And that video is classic, you know? And it's really crazy. So another, you know, we're talking about, you know, technological changes at the beginning of the decade, um, sort of like 
technological internet structural changes as well as technological changes in how they're made. But I don't, it is really insane have to think about uh, the fact that, you know, even in the late 90s, the idea was you would make a music video and you would spend a bunch of money on it. And then, like, where would you put it? You had basically one company or, or several, I guess, if you're including like VH1 and other subset channels who are going to distribute this for you. So the idea of making a music video like, you know, ASAP Rocky, Peso, just is a little bit insane in that time period. And by, you know, early 2000s, the music video industry had, I don't think consciously, but just through, you know, technological change, had flipped that entirely around so that, you know, A, MTV and all these other big players were cut out of the conversation entirely. You made a music video and you could kind of put it up into your own distribution <laughs> channel yeah. um, and also get paid for it too. So, you know, there's just like a complete 360 that, you know, if you're not really paying attention, which I think a lot of people really aren't, um, you wouldn't really even notice. It's just like, oh, music videos are on the internet now. But the whole distribution channel and, and what you're actually seeing and what's getting to you is totally changed. And I think Peso is kind of like the, the gold standard of that. And that's it's nice that it came so early in the in the decade. Yeah. It's funny then like the, the there's like a very similar thing that happened, I think, with the Grimes Oblivion video and Emily Kai Bach, which just came out a few months later. Um, that's another one, Adam. I, I don't know if you remember the first time. I think it was the first time we both saw that video. It was like at a doomsday screening in yes. L.A. The first time you and I, I went to that. L.A. And it was at the like now dead uh, silent theater. Um, they did family. Cine family theater. There was um, like Danielle. I think it's very early doomsday days as well. I think it was like right as hero was like i don't even think officially signed at doomsday yet or just just recently had left partisan for doomsday or something like that and it was kind of a like what felt like a kind of like launch screening or something for doomsday uh forgive me if i don't have those details exactly right but like there were several videos that we were familiar with but that was one that we had never seen before and it just kind of like blew us away and and it's another video that like it's just like you know Evan and Grimes and Emily Kaibach pretending they're student filmmakers going to a truck show. Like dirt, a, dirt bike yeah, rally or yeah, something. Right, trail, right. Yeah, right. Monster truck show. Like a, a few different events at this stadium and just like creating such an atmosphere and um, another like iconic video that we have on our list. And that video, like it, it led to stuff for, you know, these people like Emily, like soon after that did a like Coke, Coca-Cola commercial and like, you know, it was just a time where it, would, it just felt like anybody could get on if they just made something special um, and you can be kind of what, anywhere and do it. Whatever ha what happened to Grimes? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Grimes is up, eh? Yeah, I know. Um, I think that's I know, a joke, right? She's still she's she's ever present. She's, yeah, she's in her Tesla truck right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She like just got in. There was just a. I don't know if it was a beef or just a, like a heated conversation with Zia Anger and Grimes about like um, AI and 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 um, and a, I think Grimes just like started a startup or something. I'm actually I don't know enough about it to say. <laughs> they were there were they were talking about AI and music on um, on Twitter.com. So go check in on that if you're interested in, you know, conversations around 
but music game. I, I think the other thing about 2012 was there's just these things that were in place to amplify voices. Now I feel like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like so many of these videos on the 2012 list, like I was at South by, and I think that was when we met all at South by that one year. Yeah. Um, 2013, and it was I like was. LA film festival it was flux. It was all these things that I just kept on saying, seeing the same videos over and over. And that just created this like interesting community of all these uh, filmmakers that knew each other and were, you know, sharing crew and doing things um, that I think just helped, you know, blossom all these voices. The, the internet community for music videos seems to be pretty much like on Instagram now exclusively like it doesn't really in 2012 there were lots of places that were like celebrating the art form and were amplifying um videos in a meaningful way and those those platforms either don't exist anymore or don't like or don't really have an impact and like you look at something like vimeo staff picks which in like 2012 2013 was like at its peak as well and like now now, like, they don't matter at all. Like, a staff pick only matters to the person who got it. And so, and, like, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have an impact on the view count of a video either. Like, in that era, getting a Vimeo staff pick would get you on the front page of Vimeo.com, and you would get, um like, 75 to 150,000 plays on a video because of that and, like, really make a name for yourself. And now, like, some music videos will get, like, a 9,000 view boost or something like that from a staff pick. Like, it's a really, like, you could, like, like land in a random subreddit and get more views out of that. And so... I got a t-shirt. Like, yeah, right. T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, boy. Um, And so, like, it's, you know, I mean, IMVDB was obviously a lot more active in that era, too. Adam and I were running the site full-time, uh, the two of us, and now... We don't, I, neither of us do that. And, and, you know, not like we were interviewing at, at, at our heaviest, like a, a, we were putting out a new director interview every day and we're listing, you know, every single music video that came out for the most part. And now it feels a lot more difficult to even keep track of all of that. It felt a lot, a little bit more centralized then, but like, yeah, it just feels like there isn't a place for the community to grow and to connect. I mean, in the span of running IMVDB, in the, in the last decade of watching music videos, I personally went from like being in Boca Raton, Florida, to living, you know, half of that time in New York, and now living the last two and like a little over two years in LA. And I can feel the community here because I'm in LA, but I feel like it, you have to be active about it. You have to like go to things to feel it and otherwise like now it's just like it's just instagram stills that yeah. is really where like people are communicating within the community it's like, but it's a fake community on instagram it's like it's just sharing likes versus totally you know, they're not even like watching engagement the shit. they're yeah. not even necessarily watching the videos and the thing is though like that is also the videos that are being made like i you know, at, at a time Adam and I were running IMVDB full time, then I went to Vimeo. And then in the last three years, I've been a director's rep and executive producer on lots of videos. And I have like, I'm seeing what videos are being made and why. And videos are being selected now too. Ideas are being selected now too, based on like what feels like their ability to get boiled down into Instagram stills. And that those are the like, 
ideas that are being picked and the videos that are being made. Like there aren't the creative videos aren't really being awarded and, and like recognized in the same way. And now they're just looking for something that creates a mood. And that like is a, is a just like kind of a, a Pinterest board um, in a mu- in music video form. And it feels like the Instagram thing is a kind of reflection of that push of the direction of the music. And that's why there are so much fewer videos from the last couple years not like we're paying less attention to the videos i just think it's like so much less of them are are being made in that are exciting and it's just kind of a repeat of what other people are doing now in in the music video world so in terms of directors for the last decade you know we've got a list that you know, as I'm looking through it, not a lot of directors appear twice. Some of them do, but it's a pretty deep field. But I was wondering, you know, wh- who do you guys think are kind of the standouts in terms of directors for for the decade? I I mean, I don't like to play favorites. Obviously, my, my top 20 list is very much rooted in who were the 20 directors that most inspired me over the decade. But, you know, it we would be remiss to not mention how successful the Daniels here Mirai have been. You know, they went from very small music videos to directing features, directing television shows, even more established directors going into this decade, like Melina just directed her first movie um, and directed, you know, the standout cinematic uh, music video to speak of being the whole thing of lemonade with Khalil. Um, you know, like those are definitely some standouts in my head. But you know, I'm I'm a sucker for Crevasse, Daniel Wolf, uh, and even on the non-feature level, like they they've gone on to do features in Europe, um, some of which are available on Netflix, some of which are harder to see. But even you know, people like Vince Haycock, A.G. Rojas, you know, they are amazing commercial directors now that still sometimes do music videos. Yeah, I think it's I think that it's a lot clearer the path that you take from music videos to features and to television and to, you know, larger budget narrative projects, not to like say that the music videos are any less valuable, but that is kind of like every director wants to kind of take that path where they eventually are doing what someone like Hiro Murai has done, where they, you know, spent several years developing a voice in music videos and a style and a visual language and then feels like they're able to he's able to apply that exact thing to you know a television show that is like an emmy nominated you know kind of like cultural you know moment um and and you know i think that the you know the the directors that we're paying attention to are the first to kind of like graduate from the internet to making those things. And I think there's more and more that are making like, not just like making movies, but making the, like some of the best movies and television shows of the year, like, you know, Honey Boy that Alma Harrell directed as well, that she also like came from, it felt like she was like a little bit, or like, just like Melina Matsukis, like a, a little bit more advanced than some of the like, people in the more direct community that we've been interviewing on the podcast over the last 10 years. And that like felt like they were like 
emerging as filmmakers at all in 2011, 2010. But yeah, I mean, we talked, everyone, Jason mentioned, you know, Emily Kaibach and David Wilson and, um, you know, brother. And there's been so many kind of like directors that feel like at the, at the beginning of the decade were making, you know, like no money, like less than a thousand dollar projects. Um, and now are like, the the biggest filmmakers making you know videos for either the biggest artists there are or or large budget commercials or making the transition into narrative and there's so many like interesting branded content type things now that you know it would be a shame to call them commercial directors because a lot of them get to be artists in their own right and just make weird cool things totally who are some um directors adam that you feel like stood out so yeah, so my list is, you know, I I think definitely no surprise, like uh Hira Marai, um Warren Fu, Romain Gavras, um, Emily Kaibach is probably as like a block of work, some of my favorites, like the uh Grimes Oblivion video, like the Lord video she directed, um, Grizzly Bear and Again. I think both of those are on our list. Also some you know, it's been really fun seeing directors like Han Lex Davis uh, go, you know, kind of like span the decade. I think we first interviewed her in, what was it, Doug, like 2013 maybe? Yeah, I think um, so. Back when she was directing Cher Lloyd videos, and we both, I remember we were both big fans of those uh, <laughs> those videos, just because they were, for like what they were, they were very well done, very well constructed. Um, and she seemed to have like a, a real penchant for doing a certain kind of video. Um, back yeah. then it was Cher Lloyd. Now it is Ariana Grande. And she's still, I mean, she just did the video for Seven Rings earlier this year, which I've seen a bunch of times just because it's a really great video. But she, you know, has, has really, is one of those directors. And I think there are a handful from the decade who have really kind of slotted in to um, a certain type of video and done a really incredible job at it. So, and I think you know, there's a tendency for directors to want to like overthink music video ideas sometimes. And I run into this as a rep all the time of like directors just trying to like impose themselves too much on an idea or like take an artist and bring them too far away from what like who they are. And I think Hannah Lux Davis is, you know, the best at just recognizing what a, what an artist is and what their videos are supposed to be and not trying to like break break that mold because that would actually be not effective. And so she's like she's maybe one of the best at making an artist just look really really good. Yeah. Um, just like highlight featuring an artist and like featuring an artist in the light that that artist wants to be featured in and and to look like um which is a, such a big part of what is important in music videos and so yeah i actually i absolutely think it's it's needs to be recognized her kind of imprint on music videos over the last decade it's also been great to see certain directors like who spend a ton of time doing like $5000 videos where they made no money um for their friends and figure out a way to roll that into like a really significant lucrative career somebody like carlos lopez estrada who literally spent like years doing like dozens of no money videos, like doing them for artists that nobody else would touch. And then like one, one of those like crazy noise band artists like rolled into his first kind of like feature film that played Sundance. And now he's working on 
you know, his it was just announced that his second feature is going to be at Sundance this winter. Um, and he's also working on a project at Disney. And like that all like it came through literally the music video artist that he worked with. He was able to find a career from, uh, you know, used it to really speed up his career or like find the like the to help open doors for him and it's been really interesting to see like beyond directors being able to find a voice is to like find collaborators that then help them level up and people like Childish Gambino with Hiro Mirai and David Diggs with Carlos Lopez Estrada recognizing the kind of like immense talent of, of that director and like pulling them through the door with them when they didn't have to. And I think that's, that's something that we've been seeing over the last decade. And we should expect to kind of see more of going into the next one. Footnote on and on best video under a thousand dollars of the decade. Oh oh yeah. Easy. Totally. Carlos (laughs) is, I mean, shot on an iPhone. I mean, I love that video. I love it so much. Is it on our list? It should be. Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll give a, under of uh, the uh, superlative, other superlatives, <laughs> and the under a thousand dollar list. Just thinking about changes over the decade and directors, um, I always remember going to see Andrew Thomas Wang's installation at the MoMA for Bjork's uh, Stone Milker video, which was kind of crazy to go into the Museum of Modern Art um, and wait in line and you know go into this art installation that was basically built to watch this music video. Andrew is a great example of a director who are, is continuing to make amazing music videos, even in 2019. And while some of the directors that we've talked about, so, while some <laughs> of the directors that we've talked about, like have kind of gotten out of the game a little bit and like Daniels haven't done uh, like, you know, a music video on the Daniels level. They've only, they've only done like one music video in the last like three or four years um you know but uh someone like andrew Andrew thomas wang like his fka twigs video from 2019 is is definitely on our best of decade list will be on our best of 2019 list as well we're going to do both um and and you know i think it's important to recognize that so while he continues to do projects that you know are are in the moma and 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 are elevating beyond just like youtube uh he continues to make use of this art form and, and make some really amazing and, and groundbreaking stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think that's really important to kind of celebrate. I love that he started his, uh, or the first thing that was on my radar about him was his short film Solipsist. Yeah. Um, and I love that it went from there to working with Bjork and making multiple things that, you know, transcend medium um, with her to finally like, making something of like i think pretty arguably on everyone's top 2019 list yeah like that progression over the decade has been pretty awesome but um speaking of like his work and like the moma like there's also this whole category of things that i think we've glossed over slightly of like how interactive videos have been you know really kind of expansive over this past decade like you know obviously chris milk has always been in the space and had a lot of things early uh, in the decade that he was working on. But, uh, you know, what the things that Forklops has been doing, yeah. uh, the stuff that even something as silly as uh, Pharrell Happy, you know, like that's still like this monumental like music video achievement as silly as it is. Yeah, I think I think so. I don't I don't know 
all of those projects still feel like novelties to me and even like vr stuff it all feels like it's not none, none of that has like caught on to standard but like someone like four claps like eli uh, it, uh who we had on a podcast like five years ago or whatever like and was just getting into that space like there it's are still emerging there sure. are people you know folks lex hallaby who we had on a podcast as well he he's basically converted completely into doing vr stuff and those those types of uh videos interactive videos and vr stuff it hasn't found it's like footing completely yet but it's clearly gonna continue to grow and people are going to continue to try to do stuff with technology in music videos so i thought we could talk a little bit about you know, some of the music videos that maybe some of them are, but some of them aren't on our lists, but that made kind of the biggest impact in terms of kind of bubbling up and kind of seeping into the more general culture. So a good example of that would be Gangnam Style from 2012, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, I don't know what we could say about Gangnam Style that hasn't already been said, probably nothing. Um, but another one of those uh, just happened, uh, which is, I think, is a, a really good sign that music videos, you know, are continuing to be innovative and and, and really be interesting. And that is last May with uh, Charles Gambino's "This Is America," directed by Hiro Murai, which was still is the only music video I've ever heard like near Tandon on NPR, All Things Considered, like describe in detail for like three <laughs> solid minutes. For anybody who hasn't seen it, um, that was one of those things where it was a music video where you know people that I had never really even were known are not really even music fans came up to me to talk about it, um, and that only really happened a few times in the decade. Well, my normal test is SNL. If it makes SNL and makes a parody, <laughs> like you've you've hit the like highest epitome of pop culture. Yeah. So hmm. for me, that's like Call Your Girlfriend, uh, directed by Max Vitali. Uh, Sia Chandelier, right? Um, Hotline Bling, like those are like the pop cultural standards. So, Body me. That I Used to Know was also totally. parodied. God, Hotline Bling, it makes me so angry because it's fucking Donald Trump. But, <laughs> totally. um, but uh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. The the was the Sia one, um, Jim Carrey, like yeah. dressed up as uh, Maddie Siegler. That's yeah. really good. God, I can't believe you reminded me of Hotline Bling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, also, uh, weird. I think the weirdest one for the SNL parodies was they did the MIA Bad Girls video like a full oh. solid five years after. It, they just did it like a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> wasn't it like, uh, wasn't it like... I have no idea. What I don't remember the jokes now either. I don't remember. Yeah. Who cares? But it was super late. It was. It super was late. very, very late. And it was... One of those it was like I don't know. It was like uh, it was like they were all like employees and they were like at an office and just like pushing things over or something or like mm-hmm. eating people's food from the fridge. I don't know. What, who cares? Why did I? <laughs> why did I decide to describe it? Uh, you didn't watch that video for a little research for this podcast. Oh uh, God, I can't believe I forgot. Um, yeah, I think and somebody that I need I used to know also I think was a little late because that video came out in 2011. I think the guys who did the parody were like the the post Lonely Island funny guys. That, I mean, it that would, took some time for that video to catch on. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but it was. I think they did it on SNL like five or six years after it came out. Yeah, um, I could be totally wrong about that. 
But those, yeah, it, it seems like there's like maybe like a, a list of a dozen videos that kind of came out. Uh, one of them that I think has kind of been forgotten, but people went absolutely nuts for at the time is the the Wrecking Ball video, mm-hmm. um, directed by Terry Richardson, I think. And yep, yep. man, there was two months in the middle of this decade where that was all anybody could think or talk about. Um, and I really, I have not heard anybody make a peep about it in the last, like, well, the Terry, Is Terry Richardson canceled? Uh, I think I think he's canceled culture, but he's, I think he's, like, canceled by being grandfathered in, for sure. I mean, I don't think, yeah, right. I mean, he should have been <laughs> uncle, he should be uncle Dan. Um, because, yeah, I think he was, like, I mean, we've, we've been calling him Uncle Terry on this podcast since, since the beginning. But uh, I think, I think that he would have been canceled, you know, if his behavior existed when people were doing stuff about bad behavior, but I don't think people like work with him anymore. I don't know for sure though. I haven't seen anything about him in a long time. Like a trashy guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is America also had like this very interesting, like SNL um, uh, alley-oop of the release because Donald Glover was the host of mm-hmm. SNL and he performed that song for the first time live. And then the video was immediately put on the internet afterwards. So like he was, it was like he capitalized on the SNL buzz for the release of the video. But then the base of the video completely like eclipsed. Nobody talks about him on SNL now Mm -hmm. like they just talk about that video but i think it was a really like smart move to take advantage of everybody like even new people were paying attention to donald glover in that moment and there's also a few interesting kind of release strategies for videos Mm -hmm. in the decade i mean people used to basically just dump them online and i don't know jason if you're involved in that kind of planning and conversation for videos that kind of get released in different ways but i always think of uh like you know, one trend that started sort of in the late part of the decade, maybe 2016, 2015, so I guess the middle of the decade, um, was people releasing the music video at the same time, before, like before the song had been released. Yeah. Um, I think uh, like Taylor Swift, Shake It Off is probably the best example of that, where they actually you know, went to very, very long lengths to make sure that nobody on set could leak that song or make sure that nobody had seen... Uh, or heard the song before seeing the video. That's pretty common Which, now. Like, yeah. I mean, they try to like, basically, when a brief comes in, the 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 delivery date of the video is based on when they want to put it online, obviously. And, and a lot of times, they are trying to release the song with the video. And that's the best case scenario for anybody involved. Would be for like for the video is going to get the most attention if it is. You know, if it's, it's re- releasing the song as well, it's really just a change in the music industry, right? Because right. it's like, why promote something that you can't listen to right away? Like, what is the purpose? And so, and as people tell us, so many people listen to music just through YouTube and playlisting, yeah. and which is beyond me. I would never do that, but that's kind of the new reality of how people listen to music. So a lot of lists have come out for everybody's, you know, different sites and organizations, uh, top music videos of the decade. Um, we've talked about a lot of them here so far, but 
thought we could go through and highlight some videos that are probably not on other people's lists. Like Doug said, we've all watched a lot of music videos, so I think we have seen a lot of things that have maybe flown on other people's radars um, that we could highlight as some of our favorites from the decade. So, Jason, why don't you go uh, go first, start us off with a few videos that you think that maybe some people haven't seen or maybe have forgotten about, but uh, you thought were really special over the last decade. Man, it's so hard. Um, you know, I would like to think my my entire 20 for 2020 list is full of those people. Um, so it's really challenging to pick one or, or, or two out of it. Um, I mean, in general for the decade, I mean, I'm such a Martin DeThora fan. I love everything he, he does. The Retrograde from James Blake is on my list. Um, another person that barely makes videos, you know, maybe over the decade has only made under 10, but Isaiah Surratt always brings an amazing vision to, to it. So I have Alt-J Pleader on my list from 2017 as something more recent. But going back into the day, I mean, Abteen um, hasn't done a lot of videos recently, but uh, Delta Spirit California, still my jam. I love that video. Yeah. Doug, what do you got? I One I would like to highlight, and I think it kind of like touches on our like music video to feature film um, conversation is Color War Shapeshifting, directed by Crystal Moselle. Um, this is just like a fantastic kind of like, it just, whenever I watch it, it kind of like brings me back to the first time I saw it back in 2014. And then Crystal has gone on to make um, feature films. And, uh, but that, that seemed to be in the, in the same spirit as the music videos that, um, that she's made. Um, another one uh, I want to um, mention is Middle Class Rut on Betty, directed by Lance Drake and produced by Jason Baum. What? what? Uh, this is like, and a ridiculous video. I like. I don't know if Lance would be proud that this is the video that we're on. I, I always I, like how you love this video. I love so this much. video so fucking much. <laughs> it's so like, uh, it's just like so weird and, and and unlike anything I've ever seen. And then um, another example is Dog Is Dead, Teenage Daughter, directed by Jordan Bahat. It was like, I think it's one of the first. I think it's anamorphic because it, I think Adam. The first time you saw it, you you described it as it looks like it was a receipt. It's how wide the <laughs> shot is, but it's like just like this amazing kind of like small but like unexpected story about a like woman who works at a golf course, like a lonely woman who works at a golf course. But just like a just an unbelievable um, video. And is that three? I think that's three. So that's okay, all the stuff. This that- is- this is a, a free zone, Doug. I don't want you to feel like you're right. like. Well, I, I just I think that another video like just um, uh, uh, that just like really t- touched me in an emotional level, and I still think about it all often is the Rye Open video directed by Daniel Craig Jacobson, who's a director who like hasn't done a ton of music videos since the early Rye videos that he's done. He's done commercial stuff, and but I just like. It was, it was one of the videos that, like, just had an emotional impact on me um, in a way that, like, it just felt so unbelievable that I could feel that way about something that I'd only been watching for, like, two and a half minutes. And that I was, like, so invested in these two characters and what was going on between them and their just, like, relationship to one another and how, like, 
how like deeply I wanted them to be in love with each other. And I've only watched this video for such a short, like mi- literal minutes. And my whole feeling has had shifted. And the so, shot that always haunts me is the confetti when she like takes the confetti and just like throws it in the yeah. air. It's such a God, it's such a good video. So yeah. What about you, Adam? The reason that initially I even had an idea to do a website about music videos is for a long time my favorite activity was having a few drinks at night and then watching music videos. Um, and that was like for, I would say, two or three years was like the main you know, way I consumed music videos. I'd be like, well, it's two in the morning. Um, I'm just going to like kind of like just go through music videos that I like for, for a full hour. So I would kind of like kind of gravitate more towards like dance videos or more pop videos or things that I just thought were interesting and, and cool. Not so much, uh, you know, narrative stuff. So I don't really have any like narrative or anything really heavy on my list. Um, one of the ones that I really love uh, that I think I made Doug put on the best of 2015 list is Anna by Will Butler, directed by Brantley That's Gutierrez. Good. It's a great, yeah, I just, you know, it's a great dance video uh, choreographed by Ryan Heffington, which is kind of the, if you know a choreographer of music videos, Ryan Heffington is probably the one you know. He's the guy who choreographed the the, uh, Sia um, uh, Chandelier video and a bunch of other music videos. I think some that maybe you produced, Jason. I think you didn't, because you produced the, uh, yeah, um, one of the other Sia videos. Uh, this is one that I don't even know if you guys remember, but I love this video uh, because I love Warren Fu's work and I love Weezer. And that's Back to the Shack by Weezer. Um, I thought I love Weezer and I think that they, everybody who's directed a music video for them has made them look kind of ridiculous and uncool. And Warren did a great job with this video. I don't know why I like this video a lot. It only has like 3 million views, but I go back to watch it all the time. Don't and forget Jason, about Buddy Holly, though. That, yeah. What's See, the, the the Weezer video, buddy? Hall. I, know, Weezer I, know, buddy Hall. I know, I know, I know. That's not this decade, though. It's not, but yeah, I I, sh- I should preface it by saying this decade they make them look really stupid. They've got some. They look really cool in a lot of videos, Apple. like ha- ha- Hash Pipe, and I actually haven't seen the effort. Af- I've stopped myself from watching that Africa video. Well, they but... they make like their videos are like ten grand now. They don't have yeah. it. They don't make it. They don't spend any money on them. And nice. I know why. Um, Another one that I think I made Doug put on a list, uh, but actually, no, wait, that was another one. This is one we agree on. Um, and actually, this is produced by our co-host, Mr. Jason Baum, and that's the Don't Wait video by Mape, directed by Dory Oscarwitz. Oh, nice. That's a great song. And the last one is, this is a popular one, but one that I, I thought was really kind of overlooked for how good of a video it was, and that's Chained to the Rhythm by Katy Perry, featuring Skip Marley. Guys, I That's think we're kind of the perfect segue to uh, <laughs> music videos to watch with uh, the blinds closed yeah, or whatever. I, I mean, I, I feel like California Girls by Katy Perry is on that list. Um, <laughs> does that does that I mean, make that's... it into the decade, or was I that? Don't I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm not sure. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I can't tell uh, if it oh, when it asking. came out, but. Um, Lana Del Rey Ride by Anthony Mandler. Yeah, like, it's super melodramatic, <laughs> but I love it. And it's shot so well. Um, she's but, on the big tires, the tire swing that goes to nowhere. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great. But Anthony I, Mandler directed a lot of videos like that over the decade. Yeah. For sure. But I think my truly guilty pleasure is a, a person that, you know, made her splash this decade. 
Carly Rae Jepsen, but not Call Me Maybe. I really <laughs> like you. I love that video. I love Tom <laughs> Hanks. Oh, my God. I can, I can watch Tom Hanks in anything, uh, and I adore that video. Oh, my God. That's... So, Jason, if you go back into the podcast archive, you will find us talking about this video and me. I, I can't remember exactly what was said but I think one of the things that I was really pissed about this video is that it just seemed like they, if you go to the very ending, like the whole like dance circle they have is like really kind of like off center, like weirdly off center. It just, I don't know. I, I can see how that's a guilty pleasure. I still think it's, I don't like that video. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> I love Tom Hanks. I mean, if you, if, the Who's plot of the, but the plot of that video is like just Tom Hanks wakes up and then walks to the video. Right. I love it. Oh, <laughs> all right, fine. Stop teasing me. No, no, no. That's I. I think a, a mark of a good video may be that I can remember every single frame of it, sure. and I can remember every single frame of that video. I can remember like the little like camera mugging things that Tom Hanks does at the beginning, and I love. I there's a special place in my heart for Carly Rae Jepsen, so there, yeah. I'm 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 not hating on that video whatsoever. Doug, do you want do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. I, I think I don't have like I think my approach is slightly differently. I don't have that exact thing, but I will say that I have. You're like, gonna choose something super, you know, kind of so like cool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I don't know if I have um. Despacito. Like, like a, no, I was like been trying to look, and I couldn't find like anything. I mean, I like. I like videos that aren't – there are a couple videos that came out – there's a video that came out this year that is like not – it's not like an amazing video, but it's not bad either that I've watched like a hundred times. And it's called Big by Young Ma, um, directed by Mark Diamond. And it's not a bad video. It's like a decent video. It's just like – it's just young mob performing in front of a house and they like exaggerate certain things about her. They make her head bigger, her shoes bigger. Um, I think I just really like the song, but then I think like I have, I would say my, my favorite, I was talking to Jason about this. My favorite Nabil video is piss on your grave by Kanye West and Travis Scott, which is not a good video. It's a bad, it's a bad video, but I love it so much uh, that I keep watching it. It's just like Kanye and um, Travis Scott like performing in front of a tree, and then there's a gag that they keep cutting to, which is skulls rolling down a hill uh, with like liquid, which is meant to kind of, you know, visually represent pissing on your grave, and it's not a compelling or interesting image, like. I mean, whatever. Like, I can't, I can't take away Nabil's clout. Like, he's his clout is can't be removed, and so I could talk about this video negatively, and and Nabil will be fine. But it's like not a good idea, <laughs> it's, and the image is not is not compelling, and it's not like cool. But I love the video so so much. I I watch it all the time, and I wish Kanye would go back to that to just to just saying like to just saying the most outlandish thing like i like the kind of like bleach asshole kanye mm. and not the church one and so piss on your grave is really a is a very jason you called it a very doug video and i don't know what you meant by that but <laughs> i kind of agree i agree i know that's jason you and I, I we should we need to get together and talk and 
about what makes a Doug video because I'm very interested on in your take. On I mean, that. it's uh, there's a specific kind of it's it's video, but it's also song that yeah. it's just. I, I know I'll listen to a song and I'll be like, I hate that song, but Doug's gonna love that. <laughs> so, Doug, what you're saying is that you 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 miss the old Kanye. I do. I miss the old Kanye, and I'll, and I don't know what version of the bill that is, but I miss that version of the bill. Let's chop up the soul Kanye. Own it in version of the bill, but it's still effective. You guys, are you guys missing my Kanye song reference? Or? Oh no, we're picking no. right up on it. Oh no, yeah. we're we're amplifying it. That's the other stuff I want. What artists made the most music videos this decade? Ooh, I should figure out how to run that on the database. Yeah, you, can't really, you can't really count Beyonce, though, because right. that's unfair. I mean, um, I guess it's going to be partially, like, who released the most music. Yeah. Like, there's still, like, so many artists are still, like, the 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 album release schedule and yeah. the, like, number of videos that you do for each album. As, like, much as things are changing, certain things are staying the same. And that part of it, like, when an artist has a new album and there are, like, still some really traditional elements that are get made and, like, having, like, a three-video cycle thing I think still exists for certain artists. I mean, it's changing so significantly to the point where, like, now labels are signing artists for one song. They don't even sign them for anything but a song. And it'll be, like, an existing song, and they'll sign them for that song, and they'll make a video for it. So the, the, the relationship with artists and labels is changing vastly, and that's a whole podcast on its own as well. But, yeah, I think it would be largely also based on who has made the most music in the last decade? I think you're going to see a pretty... Yeah, it's well, definitely in the Kanye, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Ariana kind of... Maybe like Tyler, sucked. the creator. Like Tyler oh, makes a bunch of videos because he like has more personal control over that situation. Where like Tyler... I mean, we do run a database and there is a way... <laughs> there's probably a way... <laughs> probably a way well, <clears throat> information. Just like we have to have like a cutoff of like what we say is music video, we might have to like you know there's there's like SoundCloud rappers that I'm sure do, you know, forty videos in a week or a month that we we like technically would let into the, into the database because they meet our criteria, but we wouldn't like include that on the list. So it would be tough to run that that data, but maybe we could do it. That's a good question, Jason. Yeah, because there are people like right like NBA YoungBoy or something mm-hmm. like that. He's put out like twelve videos. In what about Riff Raff? Oh my god, Riff Raff is a perfect <laughs> example. I mean, I think Riff Raff is like, I think he got me too. Riff Raff got canceled also, I think. But uh, did he? I, I missed that. I, well, because he doesn't really matter, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so nobody, nobody cared. But uh, I do. I think you. I think you could still get like a cameo uh, of Riff Raff wishing your like sister happy birthday if you want. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, yeah, I cameo do. Cameo was basically made for Riff Raff, so. Yeah, exactly. It, I know. It, it was, it we need is. to get him to co-sign this podcast. Oh, we should. We, I mean, I think it's only like seventy-five dollars on Cameo to get him to say whatever the fuck we want, and so maybe we should do it. We you really, know? we really should. Yeah, I had we, a, we get Steve-O. We could get like a whole bunch of former MTV. Oh we, shit! We get yeah. Steve-O. Kurt Loder is he on there? Kurt, no, we, we get Lo- Artie Lang. Uh, we'll get Artie. Artie Lang will give us eight minutes for like nine dollars <laughs> if we want. So, uh, so if this podcast ends with a shout out from Steve-O uh, or Artie Lang, uh, you can thank we put it at the beginning. That oh, yeah. we'll pay seventy five dollars and not put it at the beginning. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
Uh, oh, and so for my one, uh, I've just got one, and that's uh, Work From Home by Fifth Harmony, featuring Ty Dollar Sign. Nice. Directed by Director X. This is probably the... I think this is... Let me see. This is Director X's most popular video. Nice. Which really? Coming from... Yeah. It's um, wow. ahead of Hotline Bling at $2.2 billion. I just think this video is just pure, like, unadulterated insanity. The the song, first of all, is, is ridiculous. It's just a bunch of, like, sex puns. And then the video is the Ladies of Fifth Harmony, back when Camilla... Caballero or whatever her name is mm-hmm. was still in the band. I think this is like one of the last things she did with them in 2016, and um, it's it's just you really have to go kind of watch it to really kind of get the full scope of it. And the thing that I love about it is that everybody's committing in it. It's like it feels like everybody's like doing like a part in the Irishman. Everybody is so serious about this video, and it is just like objectively ridiculous. But I watched it several dozen times. Check out Work From Home by Fifth Harmony. They're only at $2.2 billion, so this sh- podcast should push yeah, them up. We give, it the, give it the bump it needs to get on our top 10 of uh, top ten all-time most viewed uh, <laughs> of music videos. Do you remember what the days when we were watching uh, Gundam Style go up to a billion? And now it's not even in the... Or like, it's, uh, like in the it's just in the top five, but we... That, yeah. yeah. I mean, we used to, like, announce when videos got into the, like, Billion View Club, and now there are so many. There yeah, are, it's insane. There are at least, uh, God, I mean, there are, I'm just looking now, there are probably over 100 music videos with over a billion views, yeah. There are, um, according to IMBDB, at least 130 music mm-hmm. videos with a billion views. Uh, and I think that we started the decade probably with Baby by Justin Bieber is the most viewed music video, maybe. Although the numbers back in 2009, 2010, YouTube are pretty, like, videos used to get taken down a lot and moved, so they're unreliable. But yeah, we're li- we're, right. we're ending it with $6.6 billion for Despacito by, Despacito, not right. Despacito by Luis Fonzi. I feel like Ganyam Style will be out of the top 10 most viewed videos soon. Or it's like eventually. Be right. Eventually will. Um, it's. I mean, that's. It's coming up on eight years ago. So yeah, right. for like an, a, a quasi novelty music video to stay around that long mm-hmm. is. Uh, I think maybe what's giving it a boost is all like the end of the decade lists where people are talking about Gangnam <laughs> <laughs> Style. Like, people one are more like, time. oh shit, yeah. It's so. wait, and now it's one of those things where I, I watched it a few days ago, just kind of like looking at music videos from the decade, and man, it's you look back and you're like, what the hell were we thinking? Like I everybody know. was like absolutely over the moon over this music <laughs> video. Oh, wow. I, we loved it too, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we yeah. Loved, I mean, we loved it too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we were, were responsible. On, we were on the train before. Um, Two chains was no who who it wasn't two chains it was uh are you talking about the uh... yeah you had the whole you mapped it once um what was it T Pain right T Pain was one of the early tweeters of Gangnam Style that got it uh... right oh and Katy Perry too I think as well yeah um I thought you were talking about the the video that he did with uh, um who is it I'm looking Snoop Dogg the Hangover video remember that who did T Pain 
or Psy? No, 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 uh, Psy. Oh, yeah, Hangover. Well, yeah. Go- gentlemen, remember, like, yeah. he tried. He tr- well, gentlemen's over a billion, but, God, the, the idea that, like, it's, like, having a billion views on a video is just, like, is nothing now. Uh, mm-hmm. And that there are hundreds of videos with a billion views, that is uh, just, like, nobody sure. could have... Nobody could have forecasted that, I don't think. And there's Were no. Guys... Oh, yeah. sorry. I was just gonna say, like the, what Jason said, like a lot of these aren't actually people watching the video, uh, right? Yeah. For some of this stuff, <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Adam's kind of a depressing point. thought to 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 leave the <laughs> podcast well, on is that nobody know, watches. Maybe it'll video. change in the next when we record our next podcast in ten years. <laughs> Right. Um, the top 30 TikToks of 2023. Right. Yeah, right. Stay That's what it will all be. Uh, Jesus. And Sai will be sending you videos from Cameo. Uh, Is he on Cameo yet? Uh, no, but he will question. in 2030. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. Uh, I probably will be in a much better place to actually work on the website in, in 202030. So. Yeah, look at it. In, in 10 years, we'll finally start moderating your submissions. So... <laughs> So anyone who's uh, submitted, uh, just, uh, just you're in the just, queue. Just let me just look. Uh, let me just give a quick look at no, our please, please, please don't, our no. intake center. Let me just see. It's worth it. Um, so currently, videos in the queue: ten thousand one hundred and twenty-five, uh, nineteen thousand three hundred and fifty individual credit. Uh, contributions still unmoderated and uh, no and then 1777 management requests well you know let's maybe we can end it doug and and jace as well talking about what's the next decade gonna bring both for the music video industry which you guys could obviously talk attest to but also the site which uh um, so yeah, so it's like Jason from like your perspective as like a producer, like what are you looking forward to over the next decade? I hope I was hoping Doug was going to be first. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really don't know. I mean, um, it sounds like a very unthought out answer, but I just really don't know. I think it's just a lot of more of the same. I, I mean, as a producer, what I experience more is just how much more challenging budgets are and that's just purely based on inflation um so you know i i'm i i think the unfortunate thing is a lot of older directors are getting priced out in the sense of they they just don't have the means to be making videos at a rate that's so stagnant um yeah because i don't think i don't think the music industry is going to strike it, strike some new nerve of our, not new nerve, but new way of making money. So, you know, I think there's some exciting group of people that are on the come up that are like that sort of golden triangle of 2012 that's going to happen sometime in this next decade. And I'm excited to find out who those people are. That is uh, exciting. Yeah, I definitely think that, um, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but like a lot of the directors that we celebrated from that like 2012 era that aren't directing music videos now, some of them is because they've moved on. Some of them have gotten very frustrated by music videos. There's a new 
organization called We Direct Music Videos that was started by um, that kind of like grew out of a tweet thread that Dan Kwan posted last year on Labor Day, just about the like lack of money that there is for directors and uh, you know the reality is I don't know like Jason says like there's there's not gonna suddenly be more money in music videos I don't I don't think music videos are like a career unless you're Dave Myers like there are there are still million dollar music videos getting made and like a couple of like Generation X men get to make those videos for the most part and like Dave Myers and Joseph Kahn and and a few other directors like get to get to do those videos but then for the most part like so many more directors are competing for the uh, like 15k 20k projects and there isn't much you can do with that money and so you know I do think it's going to be I think it's going to the the pendulum will swing back towards creativity um at some point in the next decade but I don't I don't think the decade is starting there it's not like rewarding creativity presently and all the videos that were like most popular for 2019 like there used to be an alignment where it was like turned down for what was the best video and the most popular this is america was the best video and among the most popular but like by and large that's there isn't a mirror on those two things and i do think it'll swing back around right now it's not and it's like we're rewarding less interesting um things and and the big money is not being spent on the creative projects right now you know obviously i have a much different perspective than you guys do of the music video industry so you know budgets or inner workings aside i think it is going to be really interesting to go into a new decade where you know basically all of the restrictions or all of the things that were new at the beginning of this decade are old at this point and there are directors that probably don't even remember you know early days of youtube let alone mtv so uh yeah i think music videos my i guess my prediction for music videos is that they're just going to get further kind of entwined with other forms of media um you know you know Jason, you mentioned TikTok earlier, um, an app that I, f- I find both kind of fascinating for like its addictive power, but also kind of um, s- kind of scary and in, uh, in how like pervasive it is among like uh, people who are you know in you know high school and younger. It's like, and it may be that at the end of the decade, the idea of a video that is like it's, even though it's set to a song, even though it's like a, f- a few minutes long. The idea of a video that's a few minutes long set to a song is kind of old-fashioned. So, you know, where do we go from there? I'm not really sure what we'll end up at the end of the decade, but I think that, you know, things are moving fast. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's a, it's, as, on, on that point, I just want to say, like, there are also so many more, like, content is splintering so much now, too. Like, we used to really try to, like, fight and determine like is this a music video is this like some other thing is this a visualizer is this a lyric video right so many more of those like not official music video style pieces of content 
are coming out and they're co- they're starting to come out on more platforms where it's like now every music video we do like either production or somebody is responsible to try to make a vertical video for Spotify <laughs> use on on that set. And so mm-hmm. sometimes it's something that'll get dropped on production like the day before the shoot like oh by the way like we need you to also like get a vertical get vertical stuff of like everything we're doing but it's got to be different enough than what we're making or Spotify will will reject it or then like other times a whole additional crew will get hired outside of the production budget to like shoot vertical videos and we've produced videos that like the vertical team is holding up the actual shoot from moving on to the next <laughs> setup because they're like, well, wait, 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 I got a couple more things to do. And so like, and that stuff is just like, it just goes to Spotify to die right now. Like nobody's actually watching that stuff. And so, um, you know, that, that you're going to start to see more like con like Instagram stuff that's made specifically for Instagram stuff that's made for other platforms as supplemental content for, um, the, for music videos. And I think you're going to see more and more of that as well. I, I like the optimistic side of that conversation where more, uh, more outlets for music related content is exciting because if you think of like, just use this year as a good case example, you have anima being paid for by Netflix for Tom York. Uh, you have, uh, Amazon prime buying, uh, Guava Island. Um, you have Solange's amazing um, film on Apple Music. Um, Khalid also did uh, a really long 40-minute short film to launch his album. Like, I, I, I would like to think that there's going to be more content like that that aren't music video by definition, but are doing the same purpose. Didn't Billie Eilish like just sign a big like twenty five yeah. million dollar thing to make some documentary or something? A documentary on Apple Music. Yeah. Taylor Swift has her Netflix Sundance doc right. coming out. You know, there's there's other players with without MTV and without YouTube. And it's not you know, we we focus a lot on the small stuff in Instagram and in Spotify and stuff, but there are also like Pascual Gutierrez and John Marzel, they directed uh, like a concert film with Anton Corbin for Depeche Mode where they like really tried to make uh, like a documentary about the Depeche Mode fans that wasn't just about the concert. And that's something that also kind of like grew out of music videos. We we had um, their S.J. Lewis video that they directed in 2016 as our best of the year. And it's on our best of the decade list as well. And so the the level of creativity that you're finding in music videos they're also trying to bring to some of these other and so th- to try to view it more optimistically Jason like you said like you know there is a place for music video directors like there are next levels and next steps for for folks to move into and and that's i think is exciting and you know if directors are able to like look past the need to like make music videos be where they make all their money from and can like lean back into the artistry of it, then I think that that will like cause the pendulum to swing back towards creativity as well. And then I guess finally for imvdb.com, you know, I think we mentioned before, Doug and, and I started this from pretty, very, well, very, very small beginnings at the beginning of the decade. So our history kind of is entwined with specifically this decade. 
you know, what I would like to see, and I guess this is entirely on me because I'm the only one who's ever even seen a line of imvdb.com code, um, is I think we need to bring the site up to kind of a new um, standard for the web. The code base is uh, aging a little bit, and even though we've built a lot of systems that um, are pretty complex and um, I think have served their purposes very well, I think there are a lot of areas that... uh, uh, both need some work and need to be kind of reconfigured for, you know, the web of, you know, 2020 and beyond. So I think the the idea still stands, the um, concept still stands, a lot of the structure still stands, and the kind of love of music videos that Doug and I uh, kind of built the site around still stands. Um, but, you know, I think that IMVDB is not going anywhere. Um, yeah. And you know, 2020 has still got some. 2020 and beyond has some some things up its sleeve, or we do at least. So at least I hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, like I obviously like got a career out of this website, and since starting IMBDB, have gone on to work in the music video world full time. And I, I I feel like I'm a lot more like. I have a lot more insight on what a site like IMVDB would need for the future. And so I guess for my side, it's just kind of like bringing that like firsthand knowledge of how the music video industry works and the way the site will, will the new shape that it will take will be a lot more reflective in what the industry is probably looking for out of a music video database. Uh, on behalf of anyone who's still listening at this point in the podcast <laughs> and anyone that frequents IMVDB, uh, thank you guys for fighting the good fight and keeping this up and running in whatever shape or form that might be. Thank you, Jason. Um, And I guess we should just end by saying happy new year to everybody. Happy end of the decade. Um, Check out our list of our top 50 or 100. You never know. Music videos. Using videos of 2010 or to the 2010s at uh, imvdb.com slash the 2010s. And also, Jason Mom's uh, list of the top 20 music videos. Of, are you doing 2019 and the 2010s, Jason? Um, yes, of course. I have multiple lists, um, Ex- as you'll soon see that you have to program. But, just click um, on just click on blog and you will. it's just a Jason, Jason extravaganza over there. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Great. Well, uh, it was good to do a podcast again, guys, and uh, we'll see you in the new decade.